Psalm 118, verses 27 through 29. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. So bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horn of the altar, because you are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let's come to God in prayer before we come to his word. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to sing tonight and to celebrate the birth of your son and to hear you speak to us through your word. And so we pray that you would be here with us, that you would speak clearly and powerfully to us tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, there's this story that I heard as a child that uh, still haunts me to some degree today. I, I grew up in Montana, and growing up in Montana, you get the chance to see uh, a lot of beautiful stuff, a lot of beautiful crea- uh, beauties of God's creation. And, and one of those beautiful things was uh, Lewis and Clark Caverns. Right? So it's one of those caves that goes way deep down into the heart of the mountain, and it's, it's massive, and there's stalactites and stalagmites and beautiful colors and shapes all over the place. And so you go on this tour through the caverns, and at one point on the tour, when you're about as deep as you can get into the mountain, the guide stops everything and turns off the lights. And probably for the first time in anyone's life, they experience total and utter darkness. Um, Not even a sliver of light. And then, as you sit in complete and total darkness, he tells you a story about a man who snuck into the cave back in the 30s, and he got to that point in the cave, and his lantern went out. And he had nothing to relight it. And he was trapped there for three days in complete and utter darkness, uh, no way to get out. And when they found him, he was completely and totally disoriented. He thought he was walking out of the cave, but in all reality, he was just walking in a circle smaller than the stage up here. But he thought he was working his way out, and he, he thought that he had snakes and spiders crawling all over him. But he didn't. But the darkness, the complete and total darkness had him that um, just disoriented to reality. And, and, and even crazier is once they, they rescued him and they pulled him out and they got him out into the cave and they got him out into the light, he still couldn't see. Um, it's called cave blindness. And it actually took him a week before he actually could regain his sight before his eyes got used to receiving light and, and registering that. And so it's this realization that, that total darkness, true darkness, is it's scary, it's disorienting, but it's also destructive. And so we, we sit here tonight with this combination of dark and light, and it presses upon us deeply. And we read Isaiah, that what I read at the beginning, that There are people walking in darkness, living in deep darkness. And and we we think of that, and we think from our own experience, we picture people walking around at night with the moon and the stars shining down on them. 
But he says, no, it's not that. It's deep darkness. No light. True darkness. That people in the world are walking around in that heart of the mountain darkness. That's disorienting, debilitating, and and destructive. And people are trying to live in that. We're trying to live in that. And, and I think we can feel that to some degree deep down that there's this darkness over the world, especially now and over the last uh, couple of years. We can look around at the anger and hatred and division and frustration and we can see, yeah, there, there's a darkness up, upon the land. And even trying to figure out what's true and what's false and what's right and what's wrong is so difficult right now. We can recognize that there's this kind of disorienting nature to the darkness in the world right now. And we even can, can relate with the guy in the cave who, who thought he was walking out of the darkness. He thought he was making his way toward the entrance of the cave, but he was actually just walking around in a tight circle, not making any progress. And so we, we see these things, and it, it creates this longing in us for light. And so when we read Isaiah, which is one of the most well-known Christmas verses, there's power to it when we read that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. Or even the passage that we, I read right before my message, it says, The Lord is God, and He has made His light to shine upon us. That we're not left hopelessly to wander around in circles in the dark. We're not left hopelessly to to be disoriented and debilitated and and, uh, have our body slowly be destroyed by the darkness, but God has shown His light upon us. And yet we are much like the man in the cave, right? The light shone on him and he still didn't see. And slowly and slowly the light, his eyes adjusted and he was able to see more and more and more. And, and, And as we look to Jesus tonight and his birth, we recognize that he's the light shining on us. And as we look to him, our eyes are opened a little bit more and a little bit more to see who God is and what He has done. It begins to reorient us and, and restore us. And, and in our passage that we're looking at tonight, it gives us a couple of ways that we begin to see, a couple attributes of God that we can see. It ends, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His steadfast love endures forever. And and as our eyes are slowly open to the light and as we begin to see kind of through the darkness to reality, we, we see clearly that God is good and that his steadfast love endures forever. In the dark, we don't see that. But when his light shines, we begin to see that. And, and especially tonight, as we, as we gather on Christmas Eve to celebrate the birth of Christ This is a moment in history where God shone a bright spotlight on His goodness and His steadfast love. You cannot look at Christ without seeing the goodness of God. 
in the steadfast love of God. That as we, as we celebrate the birth of our Messiah, the one who came to save us, we're reminded that our God sent his son into the world to live and die and rise again so we could be saved. And we're reminded of his steadfast love because when we see Jesus, we're reminded that he didn't give up on us. Which we probably would have given up on ourselves long ago, but God didn't give up on us. He sent his son into the world to save us, to restore us, to, to shine his light upon us so we could see God's goodness and his steadfast love in the world. And, and, and as we look to Christ and as we're saved, we, part of that is recognizing that God is not just some far and distant deity out there, but he's our God. The, the psalm, the part of the passage I read right before this, said it twice. It said, you are not just God. You are my God. You are my God. And, and when we look to this Messiah and we're saved, he's not just some God. He's our God. He's not some far removed deity. He is our God who is good. And whose steadfast love endures forever in our lives. And he walks alongside us. And we, we can't live as people who pretend like God is far off and distant. Because he's not. He's our God. He's our Father in heaven. We're part of his family. And we have to recognize that of, of Christ as well. That, that part of the celebration of Christ's birth and, and Christmas is this fact that, that He drew near to us. So that we could call Him our God and He could call us His people. He was born to live, He was born to die, and He was born to rise again. So we could say, you're my God. And you are good. And your steadfast love endures forever and and we gather every Sunday and we gather on these special nights throughout the year to praise him for that very thing he's brought us salvation and he's good and his steadfast love endures forever and the psalmist that's what he says he says you're my God and I will give thanks to you you're my God and I will extol you and then he looks out at everyone else and says you better give thanks too and you better praise him because he's good because his steadfast love endures forever. Which is why we're here. We have life and breath to live in this world because God is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. And we gather here on Christmas Eve to sing songs of praise to our God because he is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. And he is our God. And so as we sing the, the rest of the songs tonight, we're singing Because we've seen the goodness of our God. We've seen his steadfast love in the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. Let's come to our God in prayer. Father, we thank you for your work in the world, in our lives. In particular, tonight, we thank you for what you've done through your son. We thank you for his birth. We thank you for his life. We thank you for the salvation that he brings. And we're thankful that he shines light on the true goodness and steadfast love that you bring into our lives. 
So, Father, as we go through the rest of this service and as we go home and continue to celebrate with family and as we open gifts and eat big meals, may they all be directed to your praise and your glory because you are good and your steadfast love endures forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.